0: Hello, this is William.
1: And hello, this is Jake, and it's time to tune into the world. So, since our last podcast, the Senate has started hearings to confirm the nominees that Donald Trump has put up uh, for cabinet positions uh, within his administration in the next chapter of the U.S. government. Uh, So, Trump will be confirmed in eight days now, uh, on the 20th, and... It will be a day certainly of great change uh, a day that marks uh obama's the end of obama's eight years in the white house it marks uh the return of a typically uh white male to the white house but it also marks the return of conservatism to the white house um and you know, that's something that conservatives have waited eight years for. It's something that liberals uh, and Democrats hoped would never come. And um, it is seemingly just the wave that of uh, recent politics has shaped this government into being very conservative. Uh, so on Inauguration Day, Trump will just... Likely take residence. He said that Melania, his wife Melania, and his son Baron will stay in New York for a little while. Um, so, but what happens, Will, after he takes office, after that first inauguration day, and they move in, and all the you know the celebration and pomp and circumstance dies down? What happens? What does he do first?
0: That's a very good question. What you know? What is going to happen? I think. Well, I think first, first things first, uh, he wants to make sure that all of his nominations get approved. That should happen. Uh, I know there were rumblings of sort of inner strife with the Republicans on the Foreign Relations Committee with Rubio making some pretty stern remarks towards uh, Mr. Tillerson about Russia. And, but towards the end of it, I don't think that even Rubio's opposition will be enough to... Uh, degradate the nomination of Tillerson and his other. The, mo- the most controversial nominee that Trump's going to have the most problem with is going to be Sessions. Um, uh, regardless of his, uh, you know, this is a man that people have claimed has supported anti you know, African American groups, has, you know, but, you know, Democrat t- uh, Senator Booker from New Jersey recently broke Senate tradition and testified against Sessions. Uh, And I would say that that's going to be the trickiest one to get past. I think uh, uh, Sessions will be be the next Attorney General, but we'll we'll wait and see. Now, going forward past the inauguration, uh, looking forward in the next chapter, as you will, the Republicans have already begun work. The House and and Senate leadership have realized very quickly that their window is, is closing. They have about a year and a half to two years to try and get this Obamacare repeal done. Because in two years' time, the House they'll keep, but it is the Senate that's the real toss-up. Uh, now, claims be held, uh, there are a lot of Democrats that are up for election, a lot, a lot of red state Democrats up for election, I believe one of the centers in New Hampshire, this, there are several Democrats that are up for election in quite contentious states, states that could switch either way. and. So the Democrats really are in a bit of a peril here, because now this was supposed to be the Senate race. They were supposed to win, but they didn't, and the Republicans now have control. So in a way, the Republicans and Mitch McConnell, I'm sure, has made implicitly clear to Trump that they're trying to go as fast as they can to try and get this Obamacare appeal passed, so that they probably want to have this whole thing done by Christmas of this year. So we should be looking for Christmas of 2017. I predict as a point we'll have a new Obamacare sort of semi-replacement, have the whole bill repealed, repeal, and, you know, all of that will be, will be along with it. But as I said, you know, recently the Senate passed the budget reconciliation. That is the process they're going to use. They're going to basically try and sap the money out of Obamacare using the budget reconciliation, and they get to fast-track it. And now remember, they have majorities in both houses, so, you know, bang, bang, it's pretty easy. And that budget reconciliation, there can be no fil- filibusters, which is very key because and good old Harry Reid, uh, and Mr. Harry Reid was uh, quite, a, a, quite a character in the Senate, quite a, you know, a, a very hard man to deal with. And his big changes when he came, when the Democrats had the Senate really have come back to bite him in the bum. Uh, moving swiftly on, I think the next thing on Trump's agenda will be a big tax reform. He's likely to cut taxes. Steve, Mnuchin, uh, I'm going to see leadership come out of Steve Mnuchin On that, on the tax cuts, Trump will have, uh, probably he'll cut corporate tax, cut individual tax, and he could even go for full tax code reform. Um, moreover, looking further down the line, Supreme Court nominations. That's going to be the next uh, key thing. I see the tax, well, obviously it has to, but tax is going to come from the House, so that'll be Paul Ryan's deal. Mitch McConnell will then begin to assemble Assemble and work in tandem with Ryan. Assemble a new, uh, well, begin to pick Supreme Court nominees for Trump, and then that nomination process will begin. But remember, as long as although the Democrats are in the minority party, they can still uh, possess and you know, you know, they can ask for extended hearings and, and, and inquiries and reports and documents, and they can really make a, a real pain of this process. But I believe by next year we'll have a, a full Supreme Court. So that's the Supreme Court. Moving forward into going to the foreign policy arena, I expect Trump to begin where he sort of left off, begin by taking a very hard line on ISIS. I expect a lot of domestic uh, activity on the intelligence front. I think it's gonna be a massive intelligence reshuffle. I think he's gonna break up the intelligence agencies, uh, combine them if necessary, and simply begin and you know have a more targeted and small approach to counter-terrorism and counter-espionage i also think he's going to on the dip on the diplomacy. i think he's going to have a sort of an obama-like approach when obama came into power this was during the great recession you know 2008 he realized that his most of his time was going to be spent on the economy so he got someone very competent in the state department to essentially run his foreign policy for all that's Hillary Clinton to run his policy and Trump has done that with Tillerson Tillerson will essentially run Trump's foreign policy. He will be in charge of, you know, keeping, making sure the foreign policy side of his of his administration, you know, is rolling. And I think he's going to start, first and foremost, with Russia, I think, then the UK, or perhaps the UK, then Russia. I think that's what's going to happen, the UK, then Russia. But both will be uh, important. Uh, he obviously, Tillerson, you know, might disagree with Mr. Putin, but I think he would like to come to an agreement on Syria and Ukraine. And to be honest, if Tillerson's able to work out a deal with the Russians on Syria and the, the, perhaps the Russians pull out and there's a sort of a, a treaty, at least, or a, a, an agreement that Ru- and Russia sticks to it and they pull out, what's wrong with that? Uh, you know, and if we have to lift some sanctions, well, that's what we have to lift. But at least we stop these innocent people, people from being just slaughtered. And then I think perhaps uh, they'll look for areas of mutual agreement, I mean, terrorism, both countries. The Russians have had a continuing problem with Chechen terrorists, caucus terrorists. Uh, the US would, I'm sure, wanna make sure that, that you know Chechen immigrants and a lot, of, a lot of Chechen fighters have gone to fight for ISIS and I'm sure Russian support on that sort of matter would be very helpful. Uh, and in terms of China, uh, Trump appointed a very close friend of Xi Jinping or someone who knew Xi, because remember Xi Jinping came to the U.S. when he was a student to learn about you know, America, agriculture, sort of to get, to get the ball rolling on how to liberalize the Chinese economy. And uh, Tillerson will most likely go, go and you know, have a meeting with China, and, but he will probably use Trump as his medium to get the relationship going. I expect Tillerson to also try and engage the Philippines. The Philippines are a vital ally for the U.S. They have a large, originally large military. We give them uh, U.S. aid. I mean, they were essentially, they were our colony for a number of years. They were a protectorate. And then finally, in terms of the Middle East, I expect there to be more effort pushed towards ISIS. Trump, I am assuming, wants to have ISIS gone, and he wants to try and do it fast. He doesn't like the idea of putting U.S. troops on the ground. He's certainly going to throw up a stirro over Afghanistan, and I, I think we're going to see a less presence of the U.S. in the Middle East. I also think that Trump's going to try and perhaps reestablish ties with Saudi Arabia, although he said some terrible things about Muslims on the campaign. I think he's realized that Saudi Arabia perhaps might be a useful ally in containing Iran. Iran's you going know, to be quite I, I, years- I want
1: to just interject. I think you, you make a good point. Uh, and I'll I'll talk about some of your points. Um, you make a good point that there, I think, will be less U.S. intervention in the Middle East, except in Israel. I think that uh, one of Obama's uh, legacies for this country um, is, I think, when we look back at the Obama administration, we'll, we'll think of his legacy as being primarily the first black president, which is a significant milestone— Secondly, we'll look at him as being, think of him as being an excellent public speaker. We'll think of his, uh, some of his failed foreign policies. And for, especially for people, for Jewish people, um, they'll look at his relatively weak stance in terms of Israel. Because compared to past presidents, he's been uh, way less supportive of Israel overall, as evidenced by uh, the UN, uh, in that UN decision that we just recently made where we didn't uh, veto basically a, you know, a statement condemning Israel for settling in the West Bank. Um, So Trump, I think, will try very, very hard to maintain and support israel maintain ties and strengthen ties with israel that have maybe been weakened a little bit with obama i wanted to get back to um what you said about the 2018 senate races because there are some interesting ones here i mean there are uh some of these races that really could kind of go either way uh arizona is is up for grabs and that will probably be uh lean Republican, but, uh, Bill Nelson's seat in Florida is, is, uh, up for grabs. And that has been, uh, I mean, Florida has voted Republican in the last couple of, uh, you know, things they voted for Rubio, uh, in the Senate in this election, they voted for Trump, uh, Indiana, uh, their seat is up for grabs and, uh, the incumbent Democrat doesn't really have very much of a majority. Same in Missouri, same in North Dakota. Uh, People that are, you know, these are states that are currently have Democrats in office and have voted recently as Republican, Uh, Wisconsin being another one. So, you know, it will be really interesting to see if the republicans can build on their lead in the senate because currently it's 52 they have 52 seats and they need obviously 60 to just push through legislation uh so i don't think they can really get to 60 in this round but i think that they could certainly enhance a majority and then that's lastly i just wanted to say uh i think you're absolutely right about sessions being the most difficult uh, of Trump's picks to be confirmed. I think, I don't personally like Tillerson, and I've, you know, I've expressed that view on this podcast before. I think it's a pick that has Russia and only Russia in mind. I don't think that necessarily Trump is looking at the entire, uh, our relationship with other countries, especially in the Middle East and especially in asia uh, like southeast asia um but i think that with a strong republican uh majority or not a strong majority but with a republican majority uh he will get p- passed through sessions is difficult because he there are as you mentioned certain aspects of his character that fall into question especially on the race front i mean his name is jefferson beauregard sessions the third, you know, he was named after uh, Confederate, you know, Confederate leaders Jefferson Davis, and uh, he just, I mean, he he has a spotty record, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if he will get through. He probably will get through, knowing the Republicans, they don't want to offend Trump so early in his, uh, you know, leadership role, but it's it's an it's an iffy iffy choice. Overall, though, I think Trump has done a fairly good job uh, in in picking people for his cabinet. Uh, he has gone with people that have little political experience, and he's done that intentionally. Undoubtedly, he has intentionally sought out people with little to no political experience, uh, but people that he truly believes are, you know, masters in their fields, and he truly believes and has confidence that they know really what they're talking about, especially for the positions that he's appointed to. Uh, So I think it's not unreasonable what he has been doing with his cabinet picks. And, I mean, when we... You mentioned the things that he will do, and I think that the things... I think the first thing he will probably do is... Work on repealing some of the executive orders from Obama. uh, Repealing Obamacare will come quickly, I think. Uh, Quickly but not quickly without having another solution to to put in place at the same time. Um, And then cutting regulation on businesses and not just businesses but on just everything. Trump, he, he said for every one regulation that we make, he wants to cut two of them. So I, I don't think that's unreasonable, actually, because th- there is just, there are boatloads of, of regulation that the government imposes on daily life, and I think Trump truly wants to get rid of those. So we'll see if he, he really goes after the legislation and the uh, regulation, especially from And and from the Obama Obama administration, from uh, his mouth and you know his influence. Uh, Is there anything else you want to mention, Will?
0: Uh, Yeah, just one last thing. Um, In terms of domestic politics, I think there's been a lot of talk about infrastructure and how he would do it, how he would present this infrastructure. One proposal that was that he agreed with was sort of his idea of an infrastructure bank, and I know Republicans dig their heels into this as more bureaucracy and whatever it was, but there's no other real way to do it. A bill, yes, but that's, what does that? There's no real, in a sense, he's got to set up an agent. I think what he'll do is he's going to perhaps set up a bank and then go use Ben Carson and human uh, head of, and use HUD to really push through this infrastructure. I think one of the biggest things he wants, I think he wants to generally lower the cost of living. He he realized it worked out faster. For, For our average Americans, regardless of race, ethnicity, whatever, the cost of living has gone up. Wages simply have not accommodated. Yes, the economy has grown, but the middle, people in the middle, not the people in the bottom and the top, people in the middle have been slowly squeezed, and I think he wants to alleviate this by giving more buying power to the middle class by decreasing. Uh, by decreasing the uh, expenses of life. Moreover, I think in terms, uh, this just broke recently on Twitter, that uh, far-right French politician Marine Le Pen was spotted uh, in the Trump Tower. He clearly wants to build ties with this new Europe. He clearly wants to create a relationship, a US-Europe relationship that works. And I think that we're gonna see the reestablishing of a strong transatlantic environment. I don't buy this idea of a weak um, in transatlantic alliance. I think it's complete nonsense, because if Marie Le Pen gets in, the European Union is all but over. And yes, you can say, well, Britain's sort of out of Europe, but Britain, to be honest, is the most important player in Europe. It has the, one of the largest militaries, it's resilient, and it's the least socialist of the European nations. Now, that's aside. side. Back to domestic politics, I would also say that in terms, another big interesting thing to see would be Trump's battle with the Silicon Valley titans, as it were. Uh, Trump will struggle, I think, to work out an agreement on surveillance. How will he manage a situation like San Bernardino, if something like that were to occur? You know, perhaps could the FBI have gone quietly to Apple and asked very nicely, "Can you please open uh, the phone and perhaps not make it this big public charade that it was?" You know, how the, how is he going to manage it? You know, could he use the the new uh, the big Silicon Valley titans as a a way to perhaps increase background checks? I'm just saying this in, in let's say two or three years down the line. Let's say the Republicans do not do not hold a majority of this. Let's say they lose the Senate, but they keep the House. Perhaps compensation will have to be made on, uh, on areas such as gun control in order to get other areas of, you know, perhaps Republicans will have to compensate a little bit on gun control to get other you know, parts of the platform passed, whether that be tax cuts, entitlement reform, what which you have. It. So perhaps Trump will have to explore an agreement between these companies in, in terms of background checks for firearms.
1: Excellent points. And that will conclude the podcast. I just wanted to touch on one thing you said. I think that there is a need for a uh, just a focused infrastructure agency within the executive branch. And I know that Trump and other Republicans have expressed an interest in cutting uh a bureaucratic agency. I think if they were to cut one, uh, I don't know which one it would be, but if they were to cut one, I think it would be replaced with something to do with infrastructure. I mean, the United States, our infrastructure is pretty much falling apart, and it's not something that we can fix with a bill because a bill would address one place. A bill would address a certain time and date and location, uh, you know, in one city somewhere. What we need is an agency to monitor where the critical situations are within our country and then dole out, allocate federal money to the places that need it most, the places where bridges are literally crumbling. Uh, so that is something that would be, would be an interesting uh, proposition if they were to cut an agency and replace it with some kind of infrastructure agency. Uh, that's all for today, and thank you for listening.